Gonna Go Pizza presents S-D-P-P, the Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Man, you guys, do you guys remember? I remember. Do you remember when Morgan Riley was trash? He is oh. Morgan trash. Is he the worst player in the National Hockey League? Could be. Jesse, yes. Wow. That's what I thought. Wow. That's what I learned. Man. <laughs> Holy. I'm just so embarrassed that Morgan Riley is our guy. The, I've been saying it for years. I've been tweeting it for years yeah. about how Morgan Riley is trash. Okay. <laughs> but actually trash. Is Morgan Riley more trash than I am right? Because I'm pretty right. <laughs> Did you know how right I am? What is how this? right are you, Steve? What is this? Jesse, let me tell you. Uh-huh. What is this? Let me answer what is this. Right. I am so right. Uh-huh. What did I say for the first couple months of the season? Hey, this guy looks injured. What have I said for the past couple weeks? Hey, this guy actually looks better. Athletic article comes out today. Jonas Siegel. He Jonas. was injured. Okay, friggin' Brent Siegel or whatever. <laughs> he releases from that site, the blog app, whatever. He releases a thing. Morgan Riley was battling injuries for the first like two and a half months of the season. He had he would say lower body, that's all he kept mm-hmm. it to. He had something done. And an MRI. He had oh, is that what he said? We had an MRI. He had something <laughs> done. Listen, all I was concentrating on was how right I was. He was uh he got Something done over the holiday break, which I suppose was an MRI. And it is Jonas. And he's way. been getting better. And I said, hey, this guy's been playing better. And look at that. Except Connor McDavid went and ruined it all. There was a great, I want to say it was Jake Beliefs, said, wow, Connor McDavid actually got Morgan Riley to admit to injuries. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how fu- bad. That's really funny. That's a good tweet. <laughs> yeah. It was such a good move. And the reaction was so ridiculous that uh, Justin Bourne basically resurrected systems analyst for the Sportsnet YouTube channel where he broke down the play and explained, hey, idiots, there's nothing Riley could have done. Right. Sometimes the best player in the world is going to pull best player in the world stuff. Yeah. And that's just the way it's going to be. You know how the Oshawa Generals shut down Connor McDavid in the 2015 OHL How did they do that, Steve? They triple teamed him. If it's one-on-one with the best player... You lose. You know what's funny about all this is that I was in bed before before this move happened, mm-hmm. and then I saw it in the morning. Good move. <laughs> but I, I I did not get to see this reaction of Morgan Riley is trash, but apparently it was pretty intense. I didn't realize that people yeah, were oh, so mad at him. What's wrong with this guy and this and that? I'm like, okay, listen, I do think he's been battling injuries, and he has concerned me at times. That was Connor McDavid bullying. If it was Jujar Kara, I would have been like, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. Morgan Riley's hurt. Yeah. Yes. You know, and no offense to Jujar Kara, but I don't think Jujar Kara is ever going to pull a move like no, that. If he was in NHL this room player. right now, he'd be like, no, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Connor McDavid's if was, better. If it was Chris Russell, I'd be like, whoa, Morgan Riley might need to sit a few. Yeah, wow. Injured reserve for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Hopefully he's ready for the playoffs. Connor McDavid skated like... 15, 20 feet at Morgan Riley without looking at him. Yeah. The audacity, the disrespect, the confidence that he's Connor McDavid. But as you say, cheat code. He's a cheat code. He's a cheat code. He's unbelievable. Connor sure liked to, he, he really seemed like he liked scoring goals in Toronto. I think so. Connor, you should try that. Did you see his quote post-game where he said, yeah, I saw where they asked him if it's nice coming to Toronto. He's like, yeah, I love coming and playing in Toronto. It's also, it's also nice when you get to leave. You know, it was great. Of the people that I did see come up on my Facebook 
page that, you know, every once in a while you'll see people be like, hey, I was at the Leafs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Many of the people that I saw that were at the game, the, the unanimous sort of thing that they said was, what a treat to watch Connor McDavid play live. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You got you to gotta see the best players in the world live. I've, I've said it about Sidney Crosby a yeah, thousand times. Yeah, he's amazing to watch mm-hmm. live. Have I ever Incredible. seen Connor McDavid play live? I don't know if I have. I don't think I have. I, I gotta. Stamkos watch, watching him live is pretty incredible. Stamkos live is fun. Uh, Crosby's fun. I said when I was uh, when I was much younger, Peter Forsberg really got to appreciate Ryan, how good he Ryan was. Ryan Getzlaff in his prime was unbelievable. I didn't really get to see him. Well, I, I oh, was in I the West. Him. No, was in you Calgary. know what? I did get to see him. Uh, I thought he was honestly, arguably Canada's best forward at the 2010 Olympics. Oh yeah, he was there. unreal. Yeah, he was he was so good. Yeah, so, I can't wait to see Connor McDavid live. Uh, yeah, that's going to be something that we have to make uh, make time for. Um, now, uh, we got to get into this. We don't you know, know if you live generously, life will treat you royally, right? Oh well, you know it's a good mantra. S- Steve, why not pour yourself? Why not? Why not pour yourself in a front of Crown Royal? Because we're going to talk about who wore the crown. Where we, with the help of you, recognize one Leaf player each show. Who gives it all for the blue and white? Because it's our town, it's our crown. It's not about what you have, but what you give. Let's crown a leaf that lives generously by giving it all for the team. Brought to you by your friends at Crown Royal. Live generously, and life will treat you royally. And let's get into it. Steve Dangle against the Edmonton Oilers. And you Ooh. can't give it to Connor McDavid. Damn, no, uh, that plan shot. Yeah. I was planning on doing that as well. Oh, I guess man, sorry, I'm gonna, Jesse. I'm going to have to stop you, you from that. Uh, you guys, take your time with this. i got to come up with someone new that now that I can't <laughs> give it to McDavid. Shoot. Way to put Jesse in a predicament, Adam. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to someone who I think is on a point streak, who I love night in and night out, mm-hmm. and is quickly becoming like... He's like he's like uh, like a cult hit. Yeah, I know who you're going with. Pierre Engvall. Yeah, I love this guy. Yeah, I love this player. He was my hipster uh, Marley's prospect mm-hmm. for a while, and then I saw him in the preseason, and I sort of moved off him. I I didn't think he was that great. Mm-hmm. I don't think Babcock was a fan. Which is the strangest thing? Because he's six four every time he steps on the ice. He's six four every time he steps on the six, ice. Five. He's, oh, sorry. Six yeah. five. Oh, sorry. Six five. Yeah. Yeah, but half a foot of it's in his neck. He's like a giraffe. And um, <laughs> he, uh, he's, I didn't. I had no idea he was this fast. It's so crazy that he was in a motocross because you you imagine a guy in motocross was that he? tall? Yeah. Oh. It was motocross or hockey. I can't ride normal bikes because the seats don't go up high enough. Or if I sit right. down, yeah. like, like my legs will hit it. So I don't know how he did motocross. How tall are you? Uh, like six four and a half. Six. What's your Some angle people... height? Yeah, yeah. We're probably about the same height. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I gotta get special bikes if I want to ride a bike. See, your <laughs> shoulders are above his shoulders, though. You think so? Because it's all neck. It's all neck. It's all. He's yeah. a giraffe boy. Oh, what, do they, yeah. what do they call yeah. uh, horses? They they measure them by hands. He's got several. He's like three hands. <laughs> <laughs> there's hands. There's horses. They're like they're twelve hands or twenty hands or whatever. Yeah. Is that a Red Dead Redemption thing? Or no, real? that's a Dan Carlin thing. <laughs> Dan Carlin. Yeah, he taught me that on his little show. How? I love campfire stories with Adam. Hines. I know. Is that related to horsepower, like for cars? Well, yeah, that's where they initially, because horses were the main mode of transportation, right? Yeah. It's like so 40,000 hands. So your right. car is like four horses or three horses. Right, and it yeah. started with locomotives, because like they were trains? in the 1800s. It, was, it went horse, locomotive, car, plane. So wow. 
That's why. So the initial engines, how that's how mm-hmm. they rated them based on how many horses it would take to pull the same. That's yeah. Cool. It's wild times. That's cool. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. Fair. If you had a history podcast, it had to be called Wild Times. <laughs> wild, wild, wild times. Wild times in the past with yeah. Adam Wild. Uh, you know what I heard with Adam Wild? Um, yeah, no, I gotta gotta give it to Engvall because uh, like him and man, it sucks so hard the Mikhaev's out. Yeah, it because does. they were uh, in Brian Burke's words found wallets. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are, are so good. But uh, Engvall, he's on pace for, I want to say, over 40 points now. Um, plays on the penalty kill. And a very good point that I saw from someone, no power play time. Right. Like getting all those points. <clears throat> Unreal player. He gets the crown. Uh, for me, and it's not because he was the best player in the game, uh, the crown's going out of Brooks for me. Hmm. And I'm just been, I've been so impressed with this guy. And what blew me away is uh, apparently he the reason he sat out the previous game is because he was sick, kind of like what I am right now. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> weird. It was weird, and then yeah, and then it made more sense. It was like, oh, he's recovered from his illness, so mm-hmm. probably had a nasty flu or something like that, which has been going around. But he made Freddie Goche and Mason Marchment look like hockey players again, and uh, and I really believe it was him driving that line. And I and I'm it not is. saying that's not an insult to Mason Marchment, who I'm still not blown away by Freddie Goche. Nice assist. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. absolutely, and you know maybe a little more confidence. Maybe you were right. I think Freddie Gauthier has blown me away this year, based on my expectations of Freddie Gauthier. But but, but recently, <laughs> it's yeah, my my expectations were never that high. Right. Um. So um. You know, but it's nice to have Freddie because because you have your your centerman. But I think it's nice to have some. You know, I, I don't know what they see Adam Brooks as being. Um. I don't know if he's going to be like a fourth liner. I don't see that for him. Um. Uh, but. I think he's he's come in and he's looked really great and and has made that line a, a little bit more complete and so my crown goes to him. Um, he's just been a, a heck of a player, uh, plur, uh yeah. since coming in. Jesse, if I had a Trey Croner, I'd give it to three players. I'd give it to Kerfoot. I'd give it to Tavares. I'd give it to I th- <sighs> William Nylander. Yeah, but right. since I only have one crown, I'm gonna just hand that crown over to William Nylander to the man who represents his line because that line. Had to go out there every shift and play Connor McDavid. Yeah, and I think the highlight of that entire game was Connor McDavid, like in him driving that line. And they played so fast, both teams. It was a very fun game to watch. Yes, but yeah, every time they go out there, Keith would send out Tavares, Kerfoot, and Nylander. So give the crown to them for just taking that assignment and doing the best they could in a circumstance where Edmonton just had their wheels going and could mm-hmm. get the puck up and down the ice. So. It- yeah, My crown thought, goes to William Nylander representing his line. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought it was a shame that uh, the shutdown pair is Hall Marincin. It just oh, shouldn't be. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm not going to jump on the Marty Marincin sucks train. I don't think he does. But, dude, like hard minutes against Connor McDavid is, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Justin Hall had maybe his worst game of the season. He took three penalties. Yeah. And it, But I, feel, I felt like everything that went wrong in that game was understandable. Because if the other team is just, they have no flaws for 60 minutes, you know, what are you going to do? The Oilers walked in and had an amazing game. Yeah. Well, and they played, they they were ready to finish. The whole team. The whole team. Yeah. Top to to bottom. Wasn't just McDavid. But what I wanted to say is maybe Keith should have switched it up, gone back to his old shutdown line of Hyman Tavares Marner for that game. But I don't know if that's fair to Kerfoot Tavares Nylander because I just don't think the pairing behind them was adequate. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, like Marty Marty is good at a lot of things defensively. Dude, that's that's a terrible match. It's yeah. a terrible match. And it's unfortunate because going into the game, they're playing so well. And then you hit and you just hit this brick wall when you're firing all cylinders and then you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. But I assume you want the guys who are doing the best to go up against them. And you're just praying like, okay, maybe it continues. Maybe they can challenge this team that's doing so well. But it just didn't. And, and <laughs> it just now, didn't work out. And now your next challenge is you get the Jets who hung almost 50 shots on you last time. It's just yeah. Freddie bailed you out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. Hey, Freddie, uh, you coming back there, bud? But let me wrap the segment first. Mm-hmm. Nah. That's who wore the crown for this week. <laughs> Brought to you, as always, by Crown Royal. Next time the puck drops, why not? Why not? Live generously and treat your Leafs crew to a Crown Royal old-fashioned. And, you know, um, you know the, the Jets are playing the Leafs tonight. Um, and they are... Man, when you look at what the Jets' defense went through this summer. And, I mean... Listen, it's not like Tyler Myers, based on how he's playing in Vancouver, has been any loss. I don't know if he's hurt or not, but even for Tyler Myers, it's not been great. Um, it's just unspectacular. Yeah, he's just not a great fit for today's game. He can still play, but sure. like, not boy, at that, that not at that coin. I don't that's think. another yes, and that's the Vancouver Canucks in a nutshell. Even though they've been hot, is you Beagle, look at Sutter, Erickson, and you look at all those Myers, players, and yeah. you're like, yeah, okay, fine. And then you look at the the contract. You're like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, and they'll have to move, they'll find ways to move on from those deals. You can always find a way out from under as the Detroit exists. Yeah. Detroit exists exactly. Arizona <laughs> continues to you know, move spooky ghost contracts. Um, but uh, yeah, too. listen, anybody who has a, 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 is pissed off about the Leafs using LTIR should be just as pissed off about the Senators and Coyotes taking on ghost deals. Oh yeah, but they're not. Uh, the Blackhawks still have a currently illegal deal on their contract or yeah. on their which one? Duncan Keith. Yeah, but that's fine because that was signed before the the current deal. His cap hits less what, than six. What everybody should be mad about is whatever the hell happened between Mike Richards, the Kings, and the NHL. You should be mad about that. Absolute shenaniganery. Shenaniganery. They broke. They absolutely broke something. Nobody's talked about it. Nobody's done a breakdown. Nobody's explained to me why Mike Richards is going to get paid. Is it half a million bucks every year until 2030? Something like that. Or, like or why is about, that a thing? How about um this magical, oh, mystical $20 million cap hit that's supposed to go against the Preds if Shea Weber ever retires? That's never going to happen. Like, the, wait, wait, what will happen? There's How supposed to be a cap recapture which, penalty. Which is what Luongo has done to Vancouver this year. Yes, except Weber's is supposed to be like 20 mil. Uh, in one season? Oh, yeah. Whoa. It's not going to happen. Yeah, they would never allow that. No. They can't do that. Because the Preds would just go to the NHL and be like, okay, cool, we can't ice a team this year. Yeah. Like, we literally cannot ice a team. So, with <laughs> Mike Richards, uh, the Kings will be paying Richards out until the end of 2031-2032. <laughs> During that final season, Richards' settlement will be at its lowest point with a payout of 400000 His contract was terminated so early in a long-term deal, the Kings will still be re- responsible for a cap recatcher penalty of $1.57 million over the next five seasons, with an additional $1.55 million to be paid out in 2015-2016, so that was already passed. Are you listening to the show so in 28? When Mike Richards' contract expires, you will be 40. Yeah. <laughs> and that that started four years ago, right? Twenty sixteen was four years ago. Wow! Like, dude, I what? <laughs> for as screwed as they are cap wise, they should be more. Screwed. Like, remember when New Jersey was docked a first round pick for the Kovalchuk deal, and then it was given back? Yeah, because he decided to not finish the deal. Because it's Lou. 
So from 2020, so starting next year until 2032, the final year, the Kings will pay Richard $7.7 million, an average of six hundred and forty one grand per year. Not bad. So, well, there you go. That's like league men or AHL men. Wait, what is the six forty one k? Yeah, roughly. I yeah. think it's a little under. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, I want to give Very a interesting. Can I give a little shout out? I'm, I don't think we're done with Mike Richards and being upset. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would. We're not. So why, <laughs> let's why continue are, to be upset. Let's pour, pour more gas you, on this. No. No. How come nobody's done an expose on this? How yeah. come it's been four years and nobody's done a deep dive on what happened with Dean Lombardi, the Kings, the NHL, and Mike Richards? I know that, and, and this was documented at the time. There were substance abuse issues. I understand. That. There was an incident at, uh, at the border. The border with is, prescription yeah, that's drugs. The that came of the out article. because of yeah. Lombardi. Yes, yes, but I don't understand that. I don't understand how that's allowed. <laughs> like, if there's any one thing you should be mad at at the CBA currently, because it's been the same CBA since. It's that. You should be asking questions about that. Can I? Uh, can we look at this as a microcosm of the NHL running their company, like their old boys club, and that everything they want kept inside can be kept inside because it's the same guys who run the entire system. And everything they want to leak out, they can. They can. At their own whim. Yes. Mm-hmm. Looked mm-hmm. at it with uh, <laughs> poor Mike Richards there. Uh, anyway, um, getting to the uh, least, though, like... No you shut know, up? Huh? No oh, okay, do your question. <laughs> do your damn shadow. Is just, it related to anything? Yes. No, it's I bet related. it popped into his head. And <laughs> shout out to Pure Later. They're now hiring. Uh, <laughs> I, I no, look behind not, me automatically. Is this, instinct. is this Steve's 31st thought? Yeah. You know how oh, 31 thoughts is there's always 30, that random thought? Soon to be thought. 32nd thought. Yes, starting uh, two years from now. Mm-hmm. 32 thoughts. You know, Elliot, Elliot, <laughs> the best part about that is he has like four thoughts before the thoughts start. <laughs> so that's why it's like at the end, he's like, well, I could give a shout out to someone. I actually <laughs> scolded my phone last 31 thoughts that I read. Like, because I was scrolling. Scro- Sometimes I just scroll to number one, which I, I'm a bad Rogers employee for doing that. But I'm reading it and I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I just went, Elliot. He wrote like a full 2,000 word article before the thoughts even began. It's not fair to everyone else who has to write articles too. Damn like, it, yeah. Elliot. Don't you understand that there are other writers out there who also need clicks? Yeah. Come on, man. You owe with your fucking info. Suck it up all the clicks. You can't. Be in the fucking man. Watch our podcast when they're friggin' reading 31 thoughts, <laughs> you dick. God. Steve took on. two years to write a book. All right. You take one week. <laughs> to write a book? Yeah. He writes a book every week. I know. It's called 31 Thoughts. One and two and three. And now he's got more than land before time. And also Fast and the Furious. That's right. Hey! Anyway, you were saying. I want to shout someone out. Uh, September 2015. The Leafs made a trade with the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. The Leafs acquired Michael Grabner. Mm-hmm. For five guys. This is, this is when they traded everybody who was at Picture Day. Everybody who was at Picture Day. Taylor Beck. <laughs> Carter Verhage. Who got a... God damn it, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Let's focus on Taylor Beck for a moment. Former <laughs> Nashville Predator, Taylor Beck. Very good. It, what year was that? NHL. So it would have been NHL 16. If you hold on to Taylor Beck, because they released the game pre pre that trade. So he, he's on the Leafs roster. The year prior, he got three points against the Leafs in the nine-point game. Hold on to him for a couple seasons and be a GM. Second-line player. Hey, all right. He all matures right. into like an 83. More like Taylor Sack. Because that's how he plays. Instead of Taylor Beck, he's so sack. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway Taylor, Taylor Beck's super excited about being a Leaf. Did an interview with Paul Hendrick about what it means to be a Leaf? Traded. 
like half an hour later. And that's what it meant at that point, anyway. Mm-hmm. Got his picture taken. It's like the Wrath of Grapes, the Don Jerry thing, where he gets his picture taken and you're gone. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor so Back, shout out. Matt Finn, former second round pick. Yeah. Tom Nilsson, uh, a little rat of a player yeah. who we were really liking. Chris Gibson, the only player still in the Islanders organization from that trade. I think he's their third or fourth goalie. And Carter Verhage, who had a hat trick last night. So he went from... For who? Tampa. Oh, I didn't mm. know he was on Tampa. He, uh, I believe, was the <laughs> highest scorer in the American Hockey League last year. Good for him. And Tampa was like, you know what, we'll give him a shot. So he went from third-round pick looking promising to throwaway bum to hat-trick guy. Good for him. For the Tampa That's Bay great. Lightning. And he still only had a third of Tampa's goals last night. Yeah, crazy. Shout it to him. That's a shout, good shout out to him. Now talk about out. the Leafs there, Leafs Net. So Toronto <laughs> Sports Network. In the last eleven games, <laughs> the Leafs are nine one and one. Don't laugh, Toronto cuck. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, Eric Angles is joining <laughs> us. I'm just trying to be every comment. <laughs> Eric Angles is joining us uh, later in the show to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. He had a article yeah. to end all articles saying the Canadians' playoff chances are donezo. And at the end of our interview, he talks about the Leafs. That's right. And it's magical. It is magical. Jesse's a time traveler. Yeah. How did you know that, <laughs> How Jesse? Did I know. How did you know? Um, anyway, uh, long story short, uh, the Leafs are 9-1-1 in their last 11. And I only know that they're 9-1-1 in their last 11 because I knew they were 9-0-1 going in the last night's game. And Quick maths. People were very, or sorry, last night. Was it last night? It was the night before. Two nights. Um, yeah. People were so upset that they lost to Edmonton. Like, and so mad at the team. At, I didn't like it either. Point, well, no, but at what <sighs> point do we just enjoy the fact that they had 15 wins in 20 games? And that's a really cool streak that we've never seen in our entire lives. Mm-hmm. In our in my entire life, like existing on this planet. I've been here 31 years. That has never happened. No. Why is 1994. No one, Okay. Oh, shit. Well, sorry. Okay, that happened. Don't you remember that so clearly and vividly? <laughs> oh, yeah. Me, 1994. Sure. A year yeah. after Joe Carter brought yeah. the Home Run World Series back to Toronto. Back to Toronto. Back to Toronto. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, that, the 94 season is like the forgotten good year that they had because there was no more Wendell Clark. Yeah. And they went all the way to the conference finals, but they almost lost to the Sharks along the way. And people were like, well, that's, they're, they're clearly crap. And then the Pavel Bure, Vancouver Canucks. Beat them. I, f- I feel like people weren't uh, able to be happy for the Leafs because they were like, what do you mean there's no baseball? Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just, I, I don't know, man. I have to tell you, I'm a little. You don't have to. You can keep it to yourself. I'm a little upset. No, I do because this is a show and we're paid to do this. Are we um, upset at Leafs fans yes, for their reactions? Yes, I'm a little upset at I Leafs am. fans. Because I've had enough. It's been like this forever. <laughs> I am. I scolded them in the LFR video. I was like, you, Did you? "Listen, if you're mad, if you're mad at the Leafs, like, okay, you can be upset with their performance, mm-hmm. and okay, there's some things you need to clean up. That I think that's fine. But if you're like, oh, this friggin' team, if you're one of those folks, uh, the Stanley Cup's not for you, and you're never gonna be able to handle it. Yeah, you're gonna be able to handle a, a run into June. No, stop, find another hobby." There's lots of shows, <laughs> but Netflix those people is churning out so much shit. Like, but those dude, people are the most passionate, but probably nah, for the wrong reasons. No, nah. that's like. Oh, I was about to say that's like going to a bar and seeing the drunkest guy yelling at the TV screen makes everyone uncomfortable, and I'm like, oh, that is on occasion me. <laughs> but like, man, you gotta, you gotta. I, I see so. You know what I saw all night last night. Boy, this team can really use Kadri. <coughs> Holy shit. You know what the ha- the Avalanche haven't done? 9-0-1. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. Or at least I don't think so. Maybe they have, actually. You might be when wrong. they were healthy, oh, well, they're injured. Well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, shut up. I guess what? People get injured during the season. Yeah! Although it was cool with Kadri. <clears throat> did you see Kadri? What did he do? Last night, well, okay, Rangers fans will get upset with me, but whatever. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, I think his name is, he destroyed Unistonskoy. But I, th- I thought it was a bit of a head hit. I saw a lot of people calling it clean. <laughs> Um, and Kadri just went, we're going, dropped the gloves, and proceeded to bre- uh, beat the brakes off of this young man. No way. Oh, blood, a fight. everything. He got, he got uh, two for instigating, five for fighting, and a ten-minute misconduct. Wow. And then he came back into the game. I think he might have scored, actually. Or yeah. like got an assist or something. Yeah, Avalanche yeah. ended up losing, but so it was exciting. So we needed that Monday night to beat yeah. the Oilers. To, to body check, or not, not body check. When, Mar- when Connor McDavid scored on Morgan Riley. Kadri should have stuck up for his teammate, dropped mm-hmm. his gloves, and beat up Connor McDavid. Wow. And no other would say anything else. How do we... Do we just tell people it's unreasonable to be upset at a loss when your team won 15, 15 of 21 games? Like, it's, well, it's that simple, I right? Mean, you're, part of being a fan is you're a fanatic. Right? Yeah. You're, so you react in the moment, and I get that. I totally get that. But it does seem like even... Even though, you know, the Mike Babcock era has passed, the Leafs finally playing fun again, they're having a good time. It does seem like there's a lot of us who still are struggling with just enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Like, look at where Nashville is. They just fired their head coach. They're a brilliant, like, they're a great team. Now, Parker great organization. Parker Arena's not so great. But, and, and Jeff Merrick made a really good, he had a good tweet. He's like, oh, a coach was fired. Let's check that team's goalie save percentage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, That's he's fine. absolutely right. He's right. It's perfectly fine to be mad at a loss or disappointed with a performance. That is perfectly legitimate. But to look at that Oilers game and be like, this is what the Leafs are, while totally ignoring the 10 games that came before it, is just ridiculous. Like, forget go easy on the team. Go easy on yourself. What do you watch this for? You don't work for the team. This isn't your life. You, you want to build your legacy and win a few rings and win a Stanley Cup? Like, fuck, you're watching to enjoy the thing. Mm-hmm. Chill. <laughs> enjoy it. When Steve Dangle <clears throat> is telling you to fucking chill, <laughs> seriously, you got a problem. Therapy. You won't regret it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's good for you. That's the leap impressive. where you went from... Hey, don't be mad at a, a team for losing to go to therapy. Yeah, that, yeah, Jesse, I mean, that's a giant leap you, over you, a point. However many people that. go to therapy, <laughs> twice as many people should be going. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's based on nothing. But that, that but, you, can't but it's right. you can't extrapolate that off of a few tweets, Adam, man. I said it into a microphone. It's right. <laughs> okay. All right? So uh, one of the things that's Leafs connected is Justin Williams from Coburg, as Chris yeah. Johnson loves to point out. And it came out from Pierre Lebrun yesterday that before Justin Williams inevitably showed up at the Canes game in street clothes last night to sign his contract and hung out with Tom Dundon and, you know, everybody else. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Everybody else. That it came out that, that the Leafs had made a pitch for him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us went, how? And <laughs> I'm still wondering how. How is it possible that Justin Williams could have played for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Now, his, his contract is structured as such. He's got a $700,000 base. If he plays 10 games, he gets a $150,000 bonus. If he plays 20, it's another 100 grand. If the team qualifies for the playoffs, it's a quarter mil. If another 100 grand if they win rounds 1 through 3. So each round gives him 100 grand. Oh. If the team wins the cup, it's 250, and if he wins the Codsmith, it's 250. That's oh my god. Cool. So it's like 
You know what? A quarter million dollars for the Conspite is a bargain. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, I do. So LeBron said, I think the deal is happening, and I think Sarah Sivian had that too. I think the deal was officially broken by Pete Fisher of today's Northumberland.ca. Wow, that's fun. So shout out, support local journalism. I like that he. I don't. I suppose he just like called up. He was probably his neighbor. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Myrtle wrote an interesting little paragraph on. Uh, Williams today, in that they the Leafs should have made this signing in the summer of 2017, and given this money instead to instead they gave it to Patrick Marlowe. Mm. He said uh, mm. when Lou had a pile of dough to throw around on a veteran forward in the summer of 2017, uh, and he would have come cheaper and been more productive, and maybe Toronto would still have its 2020 first round pick. Who said this? Instead, Carolina has both Williams and the pick. That's James Myrtle in the Athletic. Man, he's right. He, you know, I am always <laughs> amazed when fans of other Canadian teams call Myrtle a Leafs homer. No one turns the knife like that guy. No. Nobody turns the knife every time after they lose. His first tweet ruins my night. Whatever it is, no matter what. I'm like, thanks, James. Because it's something honest. And you're like, yeah. damn it, I don't want to admit that to myself. He goes through all the layers and just goes right into your sh- subconscious yeah. and just goes, katana, and just like freaking stabs <laughs> you in the brain. <laughs> hey, where's your feelings? I think I katana. And he just freaking Mortal Kombat's you right in the feelings. It's the worst. You're the worst, Myrtle. And I'll tell you why you're the worst. For four ninety five a month. <laughs> All right, it's coming up. It's one of our upcoming stories. Yeah, <laughs> you won't believe it. So yeah, we this season games. they could have totally added uh, Williams, but it just would have pushed the bonuses to next year because they're not LTIR. Right. So then all of this makes a cap crunch next season. So, but this season, who gives? Who cares if you're going for it? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And yeah. I, I mean, me. <laughs> I, I guess with the Leafs too, like I feel like they'd be able to find a way out of it easier next season when they've got yep. a whole bunch of uh, cap space coming. But you know, Justin Williams outside of a Canes jersey at this point would just not make any sense to me. Like he needs to be in Carolina. That's where he should be. Would Otherwise, be it wouldn't look right. However, with the Leafs, I, I respect the fact that they're always trying. And you know, people would be like, "Well, they need a defenseman first. and you'd be right. But here's what Justin Williams costs: a couple performance bonuses, mm-hmm. defenseman costs. Probably Kasperi Kapanen and or Andreas Janssen. the signing of Williams leads you to getting a defenseman because yes. that pushes your right wings down and right. one's free and then one can be shipped and out to get a defenseman. And sliced, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was that. So here's what I was trying to figure out last night, all right? The least signed Williams, where the hell does he even play? So here's my best guess. Hyman, Matthews, Marner, Janssen, Tavares, Nylander, Kapanen on the left... Kerfoot, Williams on the right, and then a you put Cabinet on the left. Fourth eh? line maniac. Well, it's either Mm-mm. that or we put a three and a half million dollar player on the fourth. And I don't know. Why don't you put, no, Cabinet's somewhere else, and your defenseman's on your <coughs> back yeah, end. You're probably ma- moving him. I mean, without making a trade though, like that's well, my best guess. I think I think that's a domino move if you get Williams because that's just found money. But now, now are you going to trade? A fast, young, useful player uh, who you've locked up semi-long-term, we'll say medium-term, for an old guy who hasn't played all year who you signed for this cup run only. What's your return? That's a, 
Like, if that move doesn't question. happen until I'm like, okay, yeah. oh, I'm getting this defenseman that we've been begging for for, for the last three years. Right? Does Kapanen get you that defenseman? Maybe. It's Kapanen plus. Yeah. We're not talking about just Kapanen. <laughs> we're not one. Well, uh, Kapanen <clears throat> plus first round pick. Now we're, oh, we don't have that first round pick. Right? So okay, I, I, this, this trade I don't think exists that everyone's talking about. Oh, Petrangelo. Well, I don't think for Petra, what Bracco? I don't, I don't think. I, why would the say? I still don't understand. Why would the reigning Stanley Cup champions trade their captain? They're not. I don't get that either. I don't understand that. I can't yell as loud. I'm losing my voice here. But I'm telling you, you know, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Petrangelo is the guy. I'm just saying there might be other guys out there. There might have been another deal out there. It sounds no, right. they, it sounds like they were sniffing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if one thing we know about NHL GMs <clears throat> is that somebody's gonna make a bad deal, you know. Oh Is yeah, <laughs> there's always somebody out there who's gonna make a trade. Jeff I hate January. Would... January yeah. is just in the <laughs> way of the, the trade d- d- deadline. It's just in the way. Friggin' January, it's um, the hangover of months. I'm a try. I'm a I'm a time traveler, but I do know that we're gonna talk about Jeff Petrie with mm-hmm. Eric Angles, Ooh. right shot defenseman. I saw that suggestion. Habs falling today. Uh, no, you don't make that trade with a division rival again because they'll just steal your lunch money again. You want to pay a se- Thomas McCannis cost you what was it a second, second round pick, pick and two prospects? I don't think so. I well, think there was, was Valiev, who's not much of a prospect, but still, <coughs> right. and uh, oh, and Kirby Reichel. Reichel, who wasn't much of a prospect either. Still, okay, the second round pick. <laughs> And two you walk back those prospects real quick, quick. Uh, pretty fast. I thought I thought they had a good one in there. As a former they first round pick in Kirby Reichel, so it's true. That it's is true. true. Yeah. There's anyway, um, the the yeah the reality is it's nice that the Leafs made a pitch. I'm just happy that they're in on them. I I don't think that they would have expected that Justin Williams was going to come here. Um, if it would have been cool, but I think it's way better that he's in Carolina. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to be here. If you're a guy uh, like Kapanen or even like potentially Nylander because he's been so good, Nylander and Marner, both on the right. <coughs> Do you look at that rumor and go, uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what no, the hell? I, I think you probably look at it and go, good, more support, more right. people, more mm-hmm. leadership. Can't. I, I don't think that can hurt. I don't think players no. look at it that way. I think if you're a fourth-line guy, you're probably like, well, I guess I'm going back to the Marlies. But mm-hmm. if you're any of those other guys, they're secure. They got their deals, man. They're, they're going to be there. So I, I don't think so at all. And angle on the fourth is wild. <laughs> one thing they might look at and go, what the hell, are the new All-Star jerseys that came out today. <laughs> which look like, I, I keep waiting for the nutshell. color versions of them to come out. Like, I, I, why, uh, why do they keep releasing black and white photos? Oh, wait, because that's what they look like. The, okay, the, I suppose the black and white with a color logo is kind of cool. I can get behind that. But then to just have nothing in like a couple little strapies. I don't know. I'm not a fan. It's so... We're minimalist, man. I'm not into it. There's nothing going on. No. No, there isn't. There's just stripes and a logo. <clears throat> I don't understand it. How about just let everyone wear their team jersey and have home and away? You could pull it off. Uh, It'd be like stick and puck. It'd be great. <laughs> Which is all the All-Star game is anyway. I think you take the opportunity to make some jerseys and sell some and cash. And sell some damn jerseys. And oh. sell some jerseys. Sorry, sell some I think make we some found cash. it. And then... But you make good jerseys. Right. I think that's the simplest solution. <laughs> that I mean, have anything to do with St. Louis. Adidas is the hockey, yeah. the official, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? They should make all-star jerseys have something to do with the city they're in. Here's a freak totally. idea. Have, oh, have the all-star jerseys be home and away. Mm-hmm. Have the 
the player's actual team as the logo, but have it go over the blues alternates. You you know the the blue, yellow, and reds, the yeah. old school alternates. Have both versions of it, the home and away, but like an avalanche logo in the middle. And yeah, but other players in the wouldn't do that. And uh, why? I they think it'd be cool. They would never do that. They would never do that. But they should. Have I know jerseys. I said the jerseys suck, and that's my <laughs> shitty idea. But I think it's cool. <laughs> it's still better than what they have. It's bad. Now we're gonna bring on Eric Engels. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to go. How will it be? <laughs> You're such a dick. I hate you. <laughs> how will it be? Okay, so we're gonna bring on Eric Engels from Sportsnet.ca and, and just Sportsnet. I don't even know, like. Is that is? Do I just say Eric Engels of Sportsnet, or do you prefer Sportsnet.ca? Do you guys care about that? You can say whatever you want. I work for both. I'm a, I'm a senior columnist at Sportsnet and an insider on the Montreal Canadiens and the NHL. And a hater of the Montreal Canadiens, yeah. as it turns out. <laughs> Question number one, how quickly were you blocked by former scouts? <laughs> um, you know Answer what? Answer the question. I... <laughs> Um, this is my show. Sorry. <laughs> oh my. Boy, you really lit the world on fire with this one. Uh, Canadians' playoff hopes all but shot with loss to Red Wings. Uh, I think I saw a Dmitry Filipovich tweet last night that said 27% of all Red Wings wins this season have come against the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Eric, how many people from the Montreal Canadiens organization don't want to talk to you this morning? Yeah, there's none really. I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that they're not aware of. This is a situation that's devolved over the last couple of weeks with injuries to key players and Jonathan Drouet and Brendan Gallagher, Joel Armia, Paul Byron, and there's not many teams in the league that can do, you know, uh, that can work miracles with uh, three top six forwards out and a, and a fourth who's a top nine forward. And Yeah, people will point to the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they're the anomaly. They're not the rule. Um, you know, any team that, that loses this caliber of players uh, is going to have issues. And given the fact that they went through an eight-game winless streak in November, it didn't help their positioning. You know, it's it's amazing. They went to the Christmas break on a winning streak and in uh, second place in the Atlantic Division. And boom, it's all come apart in a couple of weeks. And look, I, I look at the way the Toronto Maple Leafs play and I look at the way the Tampa Bay Lightning play. And I don't, you know, I know people are excited in Toronto with what's gone on under Keith, but like they could easily go on a losing streak from here to the end of the season. And so could Tampa Bay with the way they play. Uh, you know, two games that I watched them play against Montreal, they probably should have lost both of them, but they ended up winning because the Canadians have fragile confidence right now. But even, even all of that considered, you know, the reason I wrote what I wrote is because there's four teams between the Canadians and the wild card position, which they're seven points behind. And even if Tampa or Toronto goes on a losing streak here, the competition is so thick that it just makes more sense to the Canadians to start considering who they're going to move off their roster uh, going to the trade deadline. Because if you really look at it, you know, Cole Caulfield will be here next season. Alexander Romanov will be here next season, and both of them are going to be with the big club, I believe. You know, if they make one good summer acquisition, who are the Canadians next season? I think they could be a pretty good team. So it's uh, it's an interesting situation, a difficult one, obviously, for, for the people in the organization to digest. And my column last night is just telling it how it is. So, well, exactly. And you're saying three very legitimate things, man. Like... They they have so many injuries. They've been losing all these games by one goal. Mm -hmm. They have such a great pipeline of prospects. But I'm wondering 
where the patience is for Mark Bergevin because I feel like we've fired him five times over five <laughs> years on the show, and it's just never going to happen. Um, there's sort of arguments on both sides. Wh- where's the patience at for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I mean, I think that the real question is where the patience is in the fan base, and, and I know that it's certainly running out. They want to see results, and they see this as a colossal failure, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I evaluate Mark Bergevin's work in segments, and you look at the first five, five and a half years of his job, you know, there was just about everything that he did was good. Uh, and then he went through a year and a half phase where everything he did was bad. And I thought that at the end of that year and a half, at the end of the 2017-18 season, he deserved to lose his job. Um, you know, it was just so much bad there, whether it was the Alsner, Hemsky, uh, straight signings and letting Radulov and Markov go in hardline negotiations and, you know, the team going from uh, first in the Atlantic division to 28th place, in the, you know, in the, in the league. Those were all reasons, you know, especially from the trade deadline the year before that, up until all the decisions I just mentioned, that Mark Bergman probably deserved to lose his job at the time. But once Jeff Molson stood beside him and said, look, if you look at the other five years there and all the good that he did, I'm not going to react this quickly and just gas him at the first opportunity, um, it really set Bergman up on a successful path because there was only one path to take the Canadians on it. It was to build uh, more for the long-term future than the short-term. And Bergevin's commitment to that um, has been unwavering so far. And he, he said it several times that he won't trade away prospects for a quick fix. And the prospect pool that he's built up since that time uh, is one of the most impressive ones in the National Hockey League. And I think they've done a lot of, they've made a lot of decisions to improve on the development side. Um, you know, whether it's bringing in Joe Bouchard at the American Hockey League level with Alex Burroughs on that staff, um, to bring Dominic Ducharme and Luke Richardson to the Canadiens bench and, and the hiring of, of Claude Julien. So, you know, there's a lot of good in the development. There's a lot of good in the drafting and, and the long-term plan looks healthy because with these young players coming along, there are some veteran players here in Montreal who are still on the upside of their career that are important players for the Canadians, whether it's Max Domi, uh, Jonathan Drouin, who was busting out before breaking his wrist this year, or, or I should say ripping a tendon in his wrist. You know, Shea Weber is putting together a Norris Trophy uh, campaign this season. If not for John Carlson, he'd probably be at the top of the list. Um, Carey Price obviously has been mercurial. He's either been great or awful, and that's not what you want to see from the guy you're paying that much. But I don't. I believe that if there was a good team in front of him, he'd, he'd probably turn a lot of heads, and a lot of people who are doubting him would say, "Oh, oh yeah, that's what he's supposed to look like." So, it's uh, it's a strange situation, but but that's where it is with Bergevin. I don't believe that even a playoff uh, miss this year is going to cost him his job. I know how this is going to work out. Because I remember a year where the Habs were very good, and then they were mysteriously bad, and somehow ended up with the third overall pick and went right back to being very good. Mm -hmm. So you're a reporter, you get to do lots of interviews, have lots of fun. What is the number one thing you're looking forward to asking Lafreniere next year? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know... There's all kinds of juicy storylines around Lafreniere, the primary one being that the draft is being held in Montreal this year and the Canadians still have 12 picks in it. Um, 
I don't know what they're going to be able to do to swing things in their favor to get him, but you know, I think Detroit has a pretty healthy edge in the race. That said, it's an 18% chance if you finish last uh, overall in the league to, to draft first overall, and stranger things have happened in the lottery, and Leafs fans can attest to that. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly Sabres fans can attest to that, and <laughs> Oilers fans can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canadians also, you know, no matter who they strip off the roster, no matter what they do, they're they're still they're a team with a, a lot of heart, and they're they're going to compete from here to the end. You know, they I, I I didn't write that it's all completely dead last night. I think you know if somehow miraculously they win the next six games going into the bye week, it's it it changes the picture once again because after the bye week you're going to get Armia and Drouet back, and Gallagher should be back between now and then. And Byron could be back, and who knows if the Canadians can put together 27 wins in the last 38 games. I certainly would not be delusional to the point where I would suggest they're going to do it. Um, but stranger things have happened. So before we start talking about Alexi Lafreniere, there's still 38 games left in the season. and it's, it's hard to completely discount where they're going to be. If you do, um, <clears throat> let's say they, they play 500 from here on out, and they are... You know, and they're in a position where you said, you know, where they have to start considering moving guys off the roster. Who who would that be? Because a lot of the guys that you named are like are you know they're prominent players. Um, you know, at least the the players that are playing well. So you know, what team, what players from Montreal would garner a lot of interest, and in, and who do you think that they'd be willing to move on from if the price was right? Well, Thomas Tatar is the, the guy at the top of the list, and he leads the Canadians with 37 points. He's got 16 goals in 44 games. Um, he's played great, you know, and he's put up 95 points in 120-odd games with the Canadians since coming over in the deal with Vegas. So that's, uh, you know, that's a guy that went for a first, second, and third-round pick to Vegas uh, at the 2018 deadline. <laughs> What's he worth now at 29 years old and with one year left on a deal, whereas before and he had four years left. So right. it's um, that's a guy who should be able to net them a first-round pick and a good prospect. Uh, and, and, and it's hard to say no to trading that guy, even though he could be a key player next year for them. When you have uh, Kakaniemi coming up and Suzuki coming up the, up the middle, and you could move Max Domi to left wing, and you have Jonathan Drouet at left wing, and you have Paul Byron at left wing, you know those those are good options that make it palatable to potentially lose Tatar and and recuperate a first round pick and a top end prospect. Jeff Petrie is another guy that's going to garner a lot of interest. I don't think Mark Bergevin is going to actively shop him because I think he sees him as a piece he'd like to resign down the line. And especially given that even though Kale Fleury looks like he's got top four potential, we're still a couple of years away from that. So the Canadians don't necessarily have a replacement in the system for what Petrie brings if they trade him with one year left on his deal. Uh, but I can guarantee you that even though he has a 15-team no-trade list, um, there's going to be a lot of teams that are calling Mark Bergevin about that player. He's a, he's a top-end right-handed defenseman, and he could help a lot of teams. Well, and, and I think there's a few teams now that are out there looking for goaltending, and Georgiev's name keeps coming up. But uh, Montreal's got, I think, four guys who have played in the NHL this year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, what's going on with that situation? Are they moving off of any of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think they would listen on Lindgren. Uh, you know, Kincaid, it's a no-brainer, but I don't think anybody's coming calling on him. And Primo's as close to as an untouchable as you can find. And 
uh, you know, unless Carey Price is asking to be traded, I don't think there's a chance he's going to move. And I don't know of a team that's going to take a $10.5 million hit from here to the end of the season and then for another six on top of that. Um, and you look to the summer, and, and Price is going to be um, – He's going to be a topic from here to the end of the year, and, and there will be plenty of people uh, that will wonder, you know, what's his future with the organization? Like, look at the, the goaltending market this summer. First of all, the goaltending market generally doesn't bear the type of value where you're getting the better end of the deal if you trade your guy versus keeping him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing. Carey Price is an exception of the rule, obviously, because it's Carey Price. Um, but when the goaltending market has Robin Leonard, Corey Crawford, Yaroslav Halak, and Jacob Markstrom currently not under contract, you know, that's a saturated market to say the least. So I, I don't see Carey Price moving. I, I think people will suggest that it's time to move him or they should move him. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. And I think the Canadians, like I said, up the top here could be good next year and potentially a contender in two years with what they've built. And it would be a shame to ship that guy out the door, uh, leave the ball in, in Primo's hands when he's not ready to handle it at 20 years old, uh, and then all of a sudden you're looking for the one piece you traded when, when you get to that point where you're ready to contend. So I, I, I understand where people are coming from with those suggestions, but I just don't see that happening. Eric, uh, honest Mark Bergevin is my favorite Mark Bergevin. There's sometimes Mark Bergevin makes a move, and he's, you know, as any GM would be... Um, I prefer jacked Mark Vergevin. Yeah, well, that's, I don't <laughs> that think you get a choice on that yeah. one. You just get jacked Mark Vergevin no matter what. Um, but with, with, when he signed uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, he, basically, he came right out and said, well, it's his last chance and good luck and we'll see what happens. And I kind of loved that about him. And I wanted to know, I know it was Ilya's uh, first game, uh, uh, sec- well, it's his second game, but his first, game, first two games this week. What's your impression been of the Ilya Kovalchuk signing? and how Claude Julien plans to use him. How do you think that's all going to work out? Well, my, my impression uh, when they signed him was, uh, yeah, it's a no-risk move for a guy that when I watched him play his last game before signing, I thought he couldn't even keep up with their American Hockey League affiliate. But it's clear that um, Kovalchuk himself is, is highly motivated to prove that he can still play at this level. Otherwise, he never accepts a two-way deal worth the league minimum and a $70,000 salary in the AHL. And, you know, for him to come here and play 1925 and over 21 minutes in back-to-back games, not playing since November, and the way he played away from the puck and to register three assists in those two games, um, if there's anything we've learned about him is that there's a possibility the Canadians might be able to ship him out for a decent return uh, from here to the deadline because they are going to get healthy and his game is not going to stay at that level and potentially they make that decision sooner than later when they do get healthy so um, it's all gravy it's a good move by Bergevin it's a move he had to make without sacrificing future assets like you said he wouldn't do and um, I think the team really appreciated it because the effort got to say one thing about the Montreal Canadiens. Their effort through 44 games, night in, night out, is unimpeachable. It, there's, there are, I can't think of two, two other teams in the league that try as hard as this team does. And it's bared out in the numbers, you know, and, and the coaching job that, that Claude Julien has done has been above board because they're top of the league in, in shot attempts and they're second in the league in, in scoring chances from the slot. And, they just they try so hard, so you got to commend them for that. 
We're we're team chaos. It's definitely the most fun option. Fire Bergevin, <laughs> trade everyone for nineteen thousand picks, and we then never get rid of all those anyone picks. lose their job, though. In all honesty, that's uh, <laughs> that's a thing that we tell ourselves for sure. It's a thing that we say out loud. I don't know about what's going on in our head, but everything that you're saying uh, to me just suggests this is just kind of a bad luck. It's just a crappy year, and they gotta ride this out. Can you do that in Montreal when the fans are getting pissed off? Yeah, you know, if you're going to manage in Montreal and own in Montreal and coach in Montreal, you better care about what your fans think but dismiss it altogether when you're making your own decisions because, you know, otherwise you're the, the inmates, something about the inmates running the prison, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this is a situation where... You know, my job is to look at things as pragmatically as possible and be an analyst. I, you know, I have no emotional tie to what's going on, and I'm able to sit back and, and call it as it is. And it, it took up until last night to suggest that their playoff hopes are, are almost dead. And even leading into last night's loss to Detroit, I was among a few people saying, you know, it's, it's not over yet. Um, and it's still not completely over because there's 38 games and a six-game winning streak could change everything combined with a losing streak from one of the, the teams we mentioned at the top, whether it's a wild-card team or Toronto or, or Tampa. So, you know, we're not there yet completely. We're not, we're not there yet, but we're, we're definitely heading in that direction. And, you know, what I wrote last night, I was careful about the words I used, which is that Mark Bergman has to start, has to start thinking about who he'll be moving off the roster. It has to be a thought. Not necessarily that he has to start acting. So, you know, we're going to see what happens. I think we all know where it's going. Um, bad luck, yeah, it's been a factor. Bad play in, in that stretch in November and bad play from their goaltender is a huge factor. Um, and this current streak is just the injuries, you know, like it's it's just the injuries. And the, and the, the, the fact is, you know, they're, they're trying as hard as they can and the results just aren't there. Yeah, it's it's definitely important that in your role you be – pragmatic and measured. Anyway, what was the best line you deleted from your article? <laughs> uh, what did I have in there that I might have deleted? That's actually a good question because I'm sure I did delete something that might have been overboard. I, I've never done that. No, no a, not you. Ask me a, <laughs> you've never done that. Yeah, no. I've watched your videos. No. Oh, I was even you. in one of them. Yeah, you were in one. Your 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 volume level in the video we did together was was way lower than normal. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, I think the hotel guests appreciated it. <laughs> well, I think maybe being around you, Eric, was a bit of a calming influence for him too. <laughs> maybe that's yeah that that tends to be my uh, that tends to be my influence in general. Although my wife might suggest otherwise. But, <laughs> yeah. um, what did I delete out of last night's column? Probably something about Bergman. He's love, got to be hard to talk about. And I love the fact that you're answering this because mm-hmm. most people. Yeah, go, yeah, no, it's more. Ha, it's like, I'm not telling. It's, you. <laughs> it's more the framing of it, like where I, you know where I could have said it's time for Mark Bergman to start selling off assets. I said that it's time for him to start thinking about it. You know, like it framing is important, and even I think the most challenging pieces to write are post game, right? Because you're kind of up against the clock, and you want to make sure it's as analytical as anything that you do when you have more time and you know sometimes you have to really hold yourself to account and make sure you're framing things properly because it's easy to write something that you end up regretting at just a few minutes after it comes out so wow 
Well, I, I've had this happen. Have you ever had this happen where a player will tell you something and then they'll contact you after and be like, actually, could you take that out? <laughs> yes. It actually happened to me last week. I can't tell you which player and what was said. But, but uh, yeah, you know, players do regret saying something or, or they want to ensure that something that they said that they felt was off the record remains off the record. I have a very good relationship with the players of Montreal just the benefit of being around for 13 years with this team and being around for and, and building the relationships I have with the guys that are there. And, um, you know, I, I do probably more than a few other people in Montreal tend to have a lot of conversations with these guys um, on the sidelines and, and certainly outside of the rink. So, yeah, I respect those relationships always. Um, you know, and sometimes I'll have to push back and say, I'm sorry, but what you did say, has to be used, you know? So mm-hmm. it doesn't happen very often one way or the other. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, listen, Eric, it's been a, uh, it's been, uh, it's always great to catch up with you. It really is. Um, but I think the thing that, that stuck out in your article the most, and I encourage everyone, sportsnet.ca, check it out. Um, it's the quote about Philip Zadina when he was passed over. He said every team that passed him over, he was going to go third overall, and Kakaniemi went third, and Tuchuk went fourth, and uh, Hayton went fifth to Arizona. I was telling my agent, if they pass on me, I'm going to fill their nets with pucks. And, and you write this, how fitting it is that he'd be the one to record the winning goal for the Red Wings on this night, extending Montreal's current winless streak to seven games. Do you think that really stuck in the craw of Montreal Canadiens fans? And I, I can't imagine that they regret picking Kakaniemi, but is there maybe a little bit of that? Uh, no, like, I don't think anybody cares, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> if there was just, there was just a point of irony that was worth pointing out and, and enabling me to build my points. But, uh, you know, you guys are about to let me go, but I haven't even heard your thoughts on the Leafs yet. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't want to, I see, here's the thing. I never want to take up too much of your time because you actually have something to do. Whereas we're like, well, whatever, man. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you very succinctly and bluntly. Uh, they went nine zero and one. It was the best stretch of 10 games. I think I've ever seen since I started making videos, but they lost to the Oilers one. So it's all shot. Yeah. It's all done. You yeah. want my opinion? Yes. Ooh. Give me it. I don't like the way they play at all. And uh, Eric, I, what? Will be, I will be very surprised if they do damage in the playoffs, if they continue to play yeah. this way. And all that said, they are, they are incredible at scoring goals, and they have yeah. such superstar talent that it might not matter in the end. And I think the most interesting stretch of the season is, is right now without Jake Muzzin, right? Like, what yeah. are they going to look like without that guy who's, who's an anchor? Because, you know, when I watch them play, I just – I, I – there's a lot of stuff that I like about the way they play, but there's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, I don't understand how they win games. So it's gone exceptionally well under Keith, and there's a lot to be said about the joy of the team and coming together and becoming a team and and that propelling them to such success right now. Um, but I can't wait to see what it looks like come April and if they could find another level of commitment because for as much negativity as there was around Mike Babcock and the influence he had on that team, the one thing that he was always trying to get them to commit to was a recipe that would enable them to win in the playoffs. And it was boring, and it was frustrating for some of these young creative types, but it was what he was trying to do. And we'll see if it even matters. And and maybe what the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to prove to me and maybe a lot of other people around the hockey world is that this is the new way, and it can 
it can lead to a Stanley Cup. And if it does, I'll be the first to call you guys up and say I was wrong. And the way they play is maybe the way it should be. I was I was about to withdraw my invitation for, <laughs> for you to sleep in the basement for the parade in June there, Eric. Hey, listen, a lot of people have, have said similar things to what you said about the Leafs mm-hmm. style heading into the playoffs. So I need you to make a list of the Leafs from most hardworking to least. <laughs> right now. And don't worry, we'll pass it along to them. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We will. That's good. Well, I'll say this. I, you know, I don't know what the general opinion is, is of Jake Muzzin in Toronto, but I think he's one of the most important players on that team. Oh, I think there's no question about that now that he's out. You can really see it, you know? No, I like Marty. <laughs> Marty Marichin? Yeah, boy. Um, Eric, I, I, the only reason I was going to cut you off is because I, I just worry that you've got something else to do, like I said. But, you know, we love talking to you, and thank you so much. And I, you know what? We're going to have you on if we can. We'll have you on before. But I'd like to have you on right before, hopefully, when the Leafs make the playoffs, because it's no, by no means guaranteed yet. When the Leafs make the playoffs, going in the first round, I want to get the Eric Engels breakdown. Oh, he's wasting his time with the Habs. Well, I'm, I'm always going to text from him, like, let me tell you about those Leafs. Let me tell you about those Leafs there, Steve. <laughs> like, you I'm tell me, Ango. I'm going to watch them play and see, you know, it's clear that they're good on their strengths. Let's see if they work on their weaknesses from here to the playoffs, because I'll tell you one thing. I, I watch Boston play a lot. They're really good. You guys know it. Uh, <laughs> Washington looks like a team that could, yeah. could get back to the Stanley Cup yep. final this year. And Tampa... You know, if they can put it together, a very similar team to Toronto in terms of the way they play, maybe it's a galvanizing win they just got against Vancouver, but if they put it together all of a sudden and come in under the radar, you could have a situation like we saw with Washington a couple of years ago, which, by the way, that year I predicted that Washington would win the Stanley Cup when everybody thought that they were going to be out in the first round. So it, I think being under the radar is a big thing going into the playoffs for a team like that that should have gotten it done but didn't get it done so many times. And I kind of see Tampa that way right now. Wow. So, wow. so Nostroblogus, you think it's going to be you think it's going to be the Lightning? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would love to see Tampa and Toronto play in the first round. I mean, they're set up to do that right now, and I think that would be one of the most exciting playoff series you could ever have. And it would be really interesting to see which one of those two teams buckles down and plays the type of playoff-style hockey that, that leads to success that we've generally seen, or whether or not they just go full nuclear and just try to just try to win every game 10-8. Well, like, me... So. Me, Adam, and Jesse are are banned from those games. <laughs> we saw them go full nuclear, and they lost seven four. Seven four. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, wasn't good. Yeah, no, it was not good. And you know, I part of me just wishes that like that Florida has a little bit of luck, and then goes and then regresses back to what they, or at least Bobrovsky regresses back to what he's been. So that way, the Leafs can just can. Here's the thing in Toronto, Eric. It's just get past the first round. That's how low our bar is. And if we can just get past the first line round, success, amazing. If they don't get past the first round, the 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 storylines are gonna be awful. And the worst part about losing in the first round in Toronto after doing it is you got two months until the bloody playoffs are done, and then you're into the awards and into the draft and in free agency. Well, at least they'll be there because we've got you know two and a half months here in Montreal for four of the last five years yeah. that's what it'll be if they miss the playoffs this year three in a row and um yeah i i, I you know i how much how, how many hours do you guys spend like just praying that freddie anderson will be healthy every day like every day all the time i since he arrived it's it's what i pray to before hurt. meals yeah. like steve yeah. do you sleep do you no. sleep on this spot <laughs> no 
It's never. My dude, you know what I got for Christmas? A weighted blanket. That's how stressful this team is. I got a weighted blanket for Christmas. Do you wear it during the game work? or after? Yes. It works. Does it work? I like it. It's really good for naps. <laughs> it's really I'm good like, for I'm, little naps. Because I'm like I'm a I'm a kick the covers off kind of guy. Like I heat up too much while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. Me too. That's it. Doesn't work while I'm uh, like full on sleeping, but it's good for a little nap. Eric Ingalls, do you like naps? <laughs> I love napping. <laughs> I yes. Love it. It's a it's a hockey reporter's best friend considering the hours I'm working. Yeah. So. No kidding. Huh. No kidding. Well, listen, Eric. Uh, we so appreciate your time as always you're the best um have and, a nice nap yeah and and <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's probably what we're letting you letting you go to do and and we hope you have a good one buddy we'll talk to you soon okay all right take care fellas. so eric eric's a fun guy man you know? that was great <laughs> wow so good that we just did that I hate you so much. Why? I'm your friend. <laughs> I just don't you hate love you, me? man. I just, I just don't know what to say about you right now. Um, Stop cursing. Um, <clears throat> I guess Rasmus Sandin, Sandin was on a few different media outlets yesterday. He said that he thinks Timothy Lilligren's ready for the NHL. Shit, yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. Sportsnet has listed Rasmus Sandin himself as the number six best player not in the NHL right now. According to an upcoming list that they have. Wait, what? Who yeah, of like drafted, list? like like players that have been drafted that are not in the NHL. Interesting. Interesting, very much so. So my question to you is, you know, we keep talking about the two of them coming up. Do you think it's gonna happen for realsies? And when do you think it's gonna happen? I wanna get I wanna get some dates out of you guys. The this is the the problem with all our little fantasy scenarios of Sandine and Lilligren and what if we brought Justin Williams in and we don't trade anyone we just push guys down no it's all a domino thing because of how tight the cap is okay I would love for the Leafs to call up Sandine and Lilligren and just ha- have a full blown fun pair that's their sole responsibility is just to be the third pair and have fun <clears throat> but. They literally cannot do that. So I'm struggling to picture this fun little fantasy scenario because let's just cut the fat. It essentially means they have to trade Cody Ceci, and how the hell are they going to do that? Uh, Cody Ceci doesn't have to play. So he's just going to chill? Yeah. No, they, can they ha- afford to have him just chill? Yeah. I don't think they can. Unless he's allergic to his equipment these or something. Guys are, these guys are making league men or, or rookie men. Like, they're making 925. Why can't they? I have, Adam, I have long ago stopped trying to figure out the Leafs cap situation yeah, this year. Yeah, it's impossible this mm-hmm. year. It's impossible. I don't get it. Yeah, so. So, yeah. If, if they call them up, I'll be like, wicked, can't wait to watch. <laughs> and if they make a trade, I'll be like, wicked, can't wait to watch. It's just, I don't want to be like, yeah, here's what they should do. I Not think understanding the cap situation. and Marner's. Cap situations because they were injured. Um, I think freed up some space for them, from what I understand. Yeah, Mar- no idea. Marner apparently freed up a ton, and McAvoy's injury <clears throat> is like doing oh yeah, doing too. wonders for it. So it's all stuff. And you I wonder if work they're on... saving that towards the end, where they're like, okay, we got to get those two ready, yeah. standing back from from the thing, get get in ten games or something, and then at the beginning of February, it's like, okay, we kind of know what we got here. Let's get those guys in. Here's two guests we got to have. We still need CJ. I know. Working on that. He's a busy man. Working on that with CJ. 
Uh, and cap friendly. I know you listen. It's about time you come on the show and explain why we're dumb. <laughs> explain what the hell is going on. That part on. would be easy. Explaining the Leafs cap situation would be amazing. And you know what would be great is that if we were able to have cap friendly on more than once a year, so the beginning of the season, midway through the season, like we're going into the like trade deadline, what can the Leafs actually do here? Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd love that. And I'd love to see if they can out-print them, print them. Ooh, like, and just have Cap the title of the show be called Hey Stupid. Because <laughs> that's all he'd be doing all episode. Yeah. Hey Stupid. Well, it's more than one guy, right? It is team. several people. I don't know. I only know one of them. Oh. I thought it was a dolphin. They I thought it was just guy. a dolphin flipping his flins at a at a keyboard. <laughs> <Just> smacking the <laughs> keyboard? <laughs> was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the uh, website is built, and all the caps are right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. okay. Ahead of time, because you always ask me after the show. Yeah. Today's episode is Cap Dolphin. Cap Dolphin. All right, Cap Dolphin. <laughs> Cap Dolphin. <laughs> all right. Well, boys, we're almost running out of time here because mm-hmm. somebody else has to get into the studio. Last minute was booked before us, so so good. Damn it. Do we have anything for the press conference? Uh if you will allow me. Conference. I will not. Too okay, question out. from Stephen. Adam, are you dying? I'm dying. Hmm. I'm dying slowly. Okay. Do you guys want to hear about Hannah Brown this week on The Bachelor? Because I, oh, yes. I watched is that. So obsessed right now. Uh, when I didn't want to watch Leaf game, and <clears throat> I am very upset. Why are you very? So, talk to me about Hannah. Tell Steve so, Hannah's thing. Why does Steven, Hannah Brown have have you feeling Hannah Blue? Hannah Brown was a contestant on a season of of The Bachelor. A few years right. ago. She was a contestant. She didn't win the prize, but she captured America's hearts, and they gave her her own season of The Bachelorette. That's how it works. So she got her own season of The Bachelorette. Isn't it better to be the runner-up? I think so, because you get to milk it for longer. Yeah. And Hannah Brown... And still find love. Exactly. But probably not. But probably not. And she's nailed it. Okay. She's She's mastered the art of milking this. Because on her season of The Bachelorette, she ended up with a gentleman named Jed. Jed. Yes. Now I already know that's not working out. So she, uh, so at the end, there when they fall in love, it's like, hey, we're engaged now, like we're gonna get married and stuff, because that's, that's how this television show works. And it turned out Jed had a girlfriend back home the whole time. The whole time. The he whole was on, time. He was on this ep- this season of The Bachelorette, Hannah's season. He had a girlfriend back home, so that failed. So <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so once she discovered that, things were broken off. So. They said, okay, we're going to give you a second shot of love. And she said, I'm going to ask out the guy who came in second. Because mm. we also had chemistry. He was runner-up, right? It's right. like this whole thing about who you fall in love with. He was the second person, second most person I fell in love with. The silver couple. So Hannah Brown, she made all these, uh, she made all the tabloids, all the magazines, everything. Because she, she's like, okay, I'm going to choose the second guy. And me and the second guy are going to try it out. Excellent. Things didn't work out with him. Oh. Yeah. What it, was they, his name? They didn't, I forget his name. That's why I keep saying the second guy. Jed 2. Jed 2. He didn't work out and didn't click. The third guy in that season, a Hannah Brown season of The Bachelorette, the third guy was Peter. Now, Peter might sound familiar because Peter is The Bachelor on this current season, the season that we did the bios for and the season that launched on Monday. Peter is The Bachelor. Right now. Right now. So what happens on Monday? They bring in Hannah. As a contestant? No. Or... Do you no. call them contestants? So on her season of The Bachelor, Peter, like I said, he came in third. He's a pilot. He had he had given her his um 
his, I think it was I forget I think it was his cuffs, oh, his his wings. Yeah, his cuff, if they were cufflings or just like a little trinket, he had given them to Hannah and be like, "Hey, I love you so much. Here are like my pilot wings because I want you to have them because I love you." And then she ended up didn't didn't choose them and all that stuff. And there was a whole bunch of people love them together on theirs on Hannah's season because there's this huge drama of a windmill they slept in. And apparently they did it. I remember this. Do you remember this when yes. it took over the internet? Yes. So, so the thing was on their season, they had they had adult relations four times in this one windmill. They watched an 18 and up movie? Yes. Four times in one session. They watched a movie with gratuitous violence in a windmill? They did. Oh my goodness. Yes. So okay. they did it four times in this windmill. Everybody made a big deal, loved them. She ends up, like I told you... They she... watched four gratuitous movies <laughs> in a windmill? Yes. It's a lot of gratuitous movies. I, oof, it is. Good for Peter. Uh, good, yeah, <laughs> Pete, you know... Listen, we're like not upset about that, though. No, right? like good for them, Get right, it on, baby? That's awesome. So, Jeez, that many movies that must have taken all night. <laughs> so we know that that story didn't end up great because she chose two other guys ahead of him. But now she she came on this season after they introduced all the girls. They bring out Hannah, and Hannah gives him his wings back and says, "Hey, you're free. I know we did it four times. Free? We did it four times. The windmill. Is he a genie? I had feelings for you. You had feelings for me. And he's like, okay, thank you so much for coming. This is like within the first half an hour. And you're like, oh, it's cool to see Hannah again. And then, so the whole episode goes on. They bring back Hannah for the first challenge of the girls. So the girls, they they go to... Um, but she's only supposed to be back to give back the wings. No, but they brought her back in the second. <clears throat> so it's a three-hour special. First of all, ABC. Oh, my God. Get it together. Milking No this. one's... Ugh, it's just The Bachelor or The Irishman? It's longer <laughs> It's longer than any hockey game I've ever watched. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so, so during this three-hour special, hour two, the girls who are left after they chopped off half of them, they eliminated half of them, they didn't get their rows. They do this bouncy thing in an airplane hangar where the girls, um, where they like, hey, they're spinning around, they're all dizzy because they're doing this flight simulator Ooh. thing. And Hannah Brown's there, like, do- controlling the whole thing. She's like game show host of that. Right. And then so hour three comes. Hannah comes back again because she needs <laughs> another conversation with Peter about how they were in love and how she didn't choose him and how he's free to go and choose his girl now. And Peter says, No. You know what, Hannah? No. Come join my season. <gasps> Maybe I'll fall in love with you again. And she says, we don't know because it's going to happen next episode. Oh, the worst! (laughs) They had three hours to give us that answer and they didn't do it? But the internet is not a fan of HB. She She was on her own season. She was a contestant on a season. She was on Bachelor in Paradise. And then she did Dancing with the Stars. And now she wants to join another season. You know why the internet's upset? Jealousy. Whoa. Je- 100%. Hannah Brown 100%. Is, Hannah Brown's a freaking boss. And oh, you, yeah. You, you got to understand. You got to recognize <laughs> what it takes to go on five different reality shows in a couple of years. Like, no, within is, a year and a half. Yeah, like that. that's a that's an unprecedented run. Not even Boston <laughs> Rob from Survivor can, can boast of that. She's Boston the, Rob. He's got to take a couple years off in between yeah. Survivor seasons, so don't even give me that. That is... That is next level yeah. survivor. She's the on Patriots reality show. of reality shows she right is. now. She is. She's got five rings already, man. <laughs> Look at that. Sorry, I just uh, I just clicked on I typed in her name to mm-hmm. remind myself of her face. Yeah. And I just remembered so You she, remember. She was the one so there was the windmill thing mm-hmm. and the controversy of it was there was another guy 
And, and I was guess he, he also f- on the windmill? He No, he found out about it, I guess, or she told him. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, well, like, I don't want you anymore or whatever. And her face, I just remember the gif of her face just turning mm-hmm. to, like, utter hatred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I, I can't even smash. Her. <laughs> <laughs> right? She's like, I'm going to get it. I mean, it. for her, right? Right? Like, whatever. I just, oh, people are, are enough. think we were doing in the windmill. <laughs> Adam, so you're on, the, my show. you're on the side of go get it, Hannah, Hell, join the season? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, man. Listen, first off, to anybody who can get it on four times in one night. <laughs> Peter. Man, good for you. That's great. Um, that's great. I'm that's I think those days are past for me. But uh <laughs> All right. I'll just be honest with you. But everyone was asking. Man, well, the show still has the E next to it, right? <laughs> okay, good. No, there's no swearing in that. Uh and and, and Yeah, beyond, I suppose that makes that, it clean then. Don't hate on someone's success. No. In mm. the bedroom or otherwise. Or success. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Listen, it's a thing I just said. They might still have something going on. Love is complicated. <laughs> Let it play out in front of the television. But okay, <laughs> my problem is, you had your chance mm-hmm. thrice, yeah. Anna. You could have picked him in the in your season. Mm-hmm. You could have picked him when your marriage failed. Mm-hmm. Your almost marriage failed, but mm-hmm. you didn't. No, you didn't. And then now you're like again, Pete. I need this attention. She's married to the game. And all the girls in the house already hate her. Right. Well, they're because... going to hate her. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. okay. But she's so... not there to make friends. She's there to win love. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> or another season. Or another season. Listen, I think Hannah Brown knows how to play the game. Mm. The other girls and the people who are upset at home are upset because they don't know how. A lot of Bachelor fans, if you were to dig deep down, would love to be on that show. Would love to have. I and think who... that's a large reason the majority of them watch. Yes, it's a the fantasy. Dream. Yes. <laughs> And and so let's be straight here. You you think that you're gonna find love the first time? Everybody dates several times, so why not let Hannah date several why times not? on television <laughs> with your friends at Crown Royal? Sorry, it's, it's in my contract. Hey, why not those. have a Crown Royal and watch Hannah Brown? What? You know what? Why not? It sounds like a good night. Just me and Jesse. You know, watching. And are we in a windmill? I'm watching next Monday now. Could be. He, it's good. I can't wait to hear what she says. And it's I didn't good. even see the first episode, damn it. <laughs> like, you don't that's need, like, that's it. it that's have to have the the whole episode is, okay, like, McKenna, we love you. You're from British Columbia, but you're kind of out there. Was, you she, know? was she gone? So, McKenna, uh, BC girl, she they is. They always pick girls from BC. If they're from Canadian, Canadian right? they're from BC. Always. So, she got picked to get the rose. But she had the loudest scream when Hannah walked in. And I was like, like bad, like just she lost her cool. Gutter, yeah, she, she lost her cool. Cause she knows, <laughs> she knows. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin walking up. It's it like glass breaking. It was Vince McMahon. Yeah, <laughs> or, or Stone Cold. Yeah, she knows. Or, or Eric Lindros in NHL '99. <laughs> Hannah Brown just walking in there. She knows. Yeah. Hannah Brown is undefeated. Mm-hmm. That's why she screamed. She's undefeated. upset. She's like, damn, she's back again. What kids do I have? Yeah. So she's, she's one she's of Goldberg. my... Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, she's gonna so who's the worried one? McKenna. McKenna is one of my closet so she favorites because she's Canadian and she likes to go psycho. So oh, it's awesome. Okay. So she needs a cattle prod like uh, Razor Ramon. Or what was cattle Razor prod? Ramon's new name? That's how they beat Goldberg for the first time. <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, Scott Hall... He freaking cattle prodded <laughs> Bill Goldberg. I don't remember that. And he pretended to get electrocuted. Well, sorry, not pretended. It was real. Yeah. And uh, then he lost. 
Ooh. lost the world title, and that's how the streak ended. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm uh, I'm very interested to see if Hannah Brown will join this season. If she doesn't, <clears throat> I'm okay with that. But if she does, there's gonna be a villain in the house, and I think the season gets oh, a no, lot. Hannah's got to be there. The yeah. season gets so much more interesting. You can't have a three-hour episode that ends with she might and might not, and then she and doesn't. then begin the next episode with no. You never know. I won't be there unless, unless she says unless no. Like, she says no, and then they give it her the next season somehow. <laughs> How about this? She says no, and then he quits and says the, no. At the first rose ceremony, there's only one rose left, and then and the she walks over. in. No, no, no. You got to find ways to extend. <laughs> she <the> walks no. <laughs> in, and then you don't find out till the next week's episode. We haven't even had a, a rose ceremony, and we're on episode three. Stick with me. I'm the producer now. <laughs> producer Dangle. Producer Iceberg. What's that? Producer what's that, Berg. The Tom Hanks Ice name? is my first name. Uh, I am the bachelor now. <laughs> I am the like bachelor that. now. <laughs> yeah, what, if, what if this is just Hannah's season now? Yo, I think what if she takes Hannah's over season. for Peter? Yeah, wow. Jesse, thank you for explaining that. You told that beautifully. Ah, that was great. I'm excited that. for next Monday. Oh, me too. Who cares if there's a Leaf game? I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. There is? Is there? No, I'm not. Okay, well. I just thought it's a... Hey, we're peacing out. We will see you Sunday. Love you. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter. At Steve underscore Dangle. At Adam W-Y-L-D-E. And at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.